Hey there, welcome to the Life Organized Podcast, where you can learn how to organize your life so you can focus on the things that matter most. I'm your host, Jenny Layton, and today you are listening to episode number 26, When You Have Doom Piles. That sounds pretty intimidating, doesn't it? Have you heard this term yet? Doom piles? All right, I got to admit, I'm your not I'm not your most socially current person. I don't follow the news. I really I make myself get on social media, but it's not a go-to. I just like pop culture is not my thing. And you would think that at least in my own industry, I'd kind of know all of the up-and-coming terms, but I usually don't. And so I think my sister the other day said, have you heard of this term, doom piles? And I was just instantly intrigued. I think that's a great description. So I wanted to do a podcast episode on this because really, what are we talking about when we're talking about doom piles? I mean, they're just a big pile of clutter, right? It's just a cool way to describe clutter. But I loved that. Um, The Urban Dictionary describes doom piles as a pile of objects which have no place to be put or end up there out of not bothering to put them somewhere better. Okay, so we're talking about clutter again, just kind of this doomsday way. And so now you know what a doom pile is. Can you think of some doom piles that you've got in your house? I mean, basically just some piles of clutter. All right, do we need to really talk about this again? Haven't we nailed this already? I think we've already done a few podcast episodes on it, and the answer is yes, we do, because clutter gets the best of us for so many different reasons. And, you know, it's kind of frustrating because I think we're intelligent people. You know, we can solve a lot of problems in our lives. Why does this keep sneaking up on us and giving us trouble? We know how to be successful, we're raising families, we're responsible adults. We really cannot get it together when it comes to just a bunch of little miscellaneous things that show up in our space. How is the stuff getting the best of us? How is it that an old cord or a broken watch or, I don't know, the dental floss that makes its way out into the kitchen, how are these everyday things getting the better of us? Why is it such a problem? Well, As I mentioned way back in episode five, when we talked about clutter, it is a problem because of the way it distracts us. So we've got a lot going on, a lot of things to focus our time on. We live in a time where we have a lot of stuff, and not just a lot of stuff, but a lot of opportunities, a lot of information, a lot of commitments. So we're dividing our time between a lot of things. We just don't have enough time to really pay attention to all the little things that are happening in our lives, including all the little stuff that shows up on our counters or the floors, in our purse, wherever. And the problem with this clutter, the reason why I care about it, the reason why I care about you getting on top of it is because it's just harder to think clearly when random things keep showing up in our space. Remember how we talked about how many different things we're managing to We've got a lot to do. There's a lot of information, a lot of commitments, a lot of responsibilities. We just, it's not great to use our energy to pay attention to these things. And yet you can't not when it's in your space. So one of my favorite sayings, we talked about this again in episode five, is that external clutter creates internal clutter. And so those doom piles are distracting. They keep us from focusing on the truly important things. And that's why I want to talk about it today. And here's the interesting thing. 
if we can understand how something turns into clutter, we can actually prevent a lot of it from happening. So today, first off, one of the things I want to talk about is how clutter is really just delayed decisions. Okay, think about this. Think about when you walk in the house with something, papers from errands or just random objects you've picked up at the store that you don't know what to do with or pulled out of the car when you've come in. And if we take the time to think about where these things go or if we even want them or if there's action that needs to be taken on them, then we'll do something about it right then, but we don't because we're busy. And so the delayed decision around those things is what causes them to be put down somewhere that's going to stay in our space, which is hard because it means down the road, we're going to have to focus on this thing. We're going to have to take energy that we wanted to put somewhere else to come back and address something that we decided not to address. And the problem with this is that our brain is behind the whole thing and it is working us over. All right. We've had conversations on the podcast before about our brain. Let's just review that a little bit. Our brain is a separate thing from us, right? Our brain is an organ. It's a really powerful organ. It manages thoughts. It can be really convincing. Sometimes it even tries to run the show, but it's not us. Can you see the difference? You can have a thought about something, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's to it true. It just means that's something the brain thought, right? Like you can have this desire to be healthy, And then your brain can send you a thought that, you know, that chocolate looks really good and it's not aligned with what you want. Can you see how the brain is not necessarily you? It's just offering you some thoughts and some options. Well, that brain is in charge of a lot of things, right? Breathing, heart beating, a lot of little decisions, what to pay attention to. It doesn't like to spend energy on things that are not critical to that moment. And so it does a really good job of just quickly, almost unconsciously convincing us not to pay attention to the little things in our space as they come up. And it does this by assuring us we can take care of it later. Have you ever noticed that? Like, oh, I'll decide about this later. I'll figure out where to put this later. And let's be real about later, okay? When you get home from work, are you really excited to think about where to put those things? When the kids are finally in bed, is that what you want to do is figure out decisions around these things, whether or not you're going to do it, that piece of paper, you're going to, you know, buy the ticket, make the phone call, call the person, whatever, right? The little objects, do the kids really want it? Am I going to keep it? Will they notice? Do you want to think about those things before bed? Do you want to think about those things when you wake up the next morning? Like later is never a good time, but the brain does a really good job of convincing us that we should think about those things later. Delayed decisions equals clutter. You see that? All right. So the problem with this is that all of these little things will collect into piles And then here's another fun term I'll just throw out there as I kind of looked into doom piles and what they were is now there's a term called doom boxes. Have you heard of that? And that's just the next stage of doom piles. That's when you are so tired of the clutter, so tired of the doom piles, you move it all into a box of random stuff and you stick it somewhere. Now you've got doom boxes so that you've got a clear space to start growing new doom piles. 
Now that is a negative cycle. Let's get out of that. Let's talk about five things today that you can do when you have doom piles, or in other words, five ways that we can contest this clutter. Okay. All right. The first one won't surprise you based on the conversation we just had. We need to challenge ourselves to make quick decisions. All right. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes you do need to marinate on some things, but I would guess you could eliminate half of the clutter. If you can just remind yourself again, when you're walking in the door, when the kids are emptying their backpacks, when you're you know, walking through rooms or whatever, you're just noticing things, make a quick decision right then. Where does that thing go? Do I want to follow up on that? Do I even want this thing? I mean, think about some of the projects that you set aside and think you'll get to. Do you really want to repair that? Is that really going to be something that's worth your time? Can you really see yourself following up on those things? I mean, I'm all for it if you know you'll do it. But can we make some quicker decisions about things and just have that awareness that anytime you tell yourself, I'll do it later, really what you're doing is creating a doom pile. You're just stacking up. It's becoming clutter. So can we take care of it right now? And I think that kind of lends itself to number two. This is something I tell my kids all the time. Touch it once. Um, When they are changing, they love to drop their clothes on the floor. I don't know. Do you like to do that? I know that's people do that. Um, I've really trained myself to not do that. Like when my shirt comes off, it gets hung up in the closet. When my shoes come off, they get put right in the spot in the closet where they go. And it's just this little habit that you can create that allows you as you're just touching it once to not have the clutter pile up. I'll take care of it later, right? I remember hearing once that clutter multiplies, and it does. It just like attracts like, so that clutter is going to attract other things. And you'll just notice that a shirt on the ground is going to collect. Another shirt on the ground is going to collect some socks. That pile is just going to grow. But if you have the philosophy to just touch it once, then you put it away right when you're done using it. And this extends beyond clothes, obviously. I mean, I'm just thinking like you get the glue gun out and use it. Touch it once when you're done. You just put it right back away. And I just think it's really interesting. Some of these really subtle shifts that we can make in our behavior just throughout the day on a daily basis. I want you to think about the cumulative effect that that will have if you're just touching it once, right? You're putting on your makeup and you touch it once and you drop it back in your bag when you're done instead of putting it on the counter so that you can do it later. I mean, later equals clutter, right? Okay, so touch it once. And I love this. This is something that's fun to teach your family, right? And actually, I think we'll talk about family a little later in this episode. So let's come back to that. Kind of put a bookmark in that idea. These are great little lines. Okay, the third one I want to give you today is to start to cultivate a habit to never leave a room empty-handed. Okay, so you're just walking through the house. I don't know. You're on your way back to your bedroom or something. You're on your way downstairs to do something. And you're just going to notice some things that are out of place because you live with people who don't touch it once, even when you tell them they don't. And it's a nice idea to think they're going to put it away, but they're not going to unless you tell them to. And that's a whole other battle. And I think it's great to have family help out. We're going to talk about this actually a little bit. 
But for the most part, you can do a lot of good if you just start to cultivate this habit of never leaving a room empty-handed. Now, I don't want this to feel heavy, like you've got to do all of these things at once. This podcast is all about choosing one thing at a time to focus on. But what if you could just decide that on your way past the bathroom, you're going to straighten the towel and shut the drawer, straighten the rug, put the brush back in the, in the cabinet. As you walk through the kitchen and people have left some glasses on the counter, can you just move them into the sink on your way through? Okay, this isn't a burden. This isn't a big project you're taking on. It's just a habit that as you move through a space, if something needs to be transported somewhere, why wouldn't you just do it on your way? And what I love so much about the brain, I know we talked earlier about how the brain tries to convince you to do things later because it's trying to conserve energy, but really what the brain is is just a great big computer. You know, and you download a program, it's going to follow it. A habit is just a program. So if you just have that conscious thought for a little bit, I'm just not going to leave a room empty-handed. As I move through it, I'm going to grab the shoes and drop them into this basket by the back door as I walk back in that direction. Pretty soon, you'll just start doing those things without conscious thought. And that's when it gets really cool because you're not having to make these things be big projects, big routines. They're just kind of second nature. And I love that you can do that. I love something else about it too, and it does come into the family. Um, But you know what? I'm going to save that conversation again for the end of this episode, because I think there's going to be kind of this cumulative conversation we can have about our family. Okay. The next thing I'm going to recommend is that you create a temporary home for things in kind of those main living spaces. So home base, as we talk about in episode two, just kind of that cockpit of the home where most of the action happens. A lot of clutter is going to collect in home base because people are coming and going and doing things in there and they don't always pick up after themselves. And so, you know, we just talked about kind of putting things away as you walk through. And and I think that's a great strategy, but it's not always going to be realistic. And there's probably days that there will be a lot more things happening in that room that then can be covered by just, you know, the casual crossing through it, going in a different direction. So I think it's a really great idea, especially if you have little kids that are getting a lot of things out a lot of times, to have some kind of a container that's like a temporary home you can just collect things into. And the intention there is that we're going to empty it out regularly. You know, maybe it's once a day, maybe it's a couple of times a day, maybe it's three times a day, depending on how quickly it fills up. But it just gives you that ability to just kind of drop things in that temporary home until you can get it where it needs to go. I have a stair basket. I've got it downstairs, a basement. And so I have a stair basket that sits on my top stair. And I love that temporary home because no way am I going to walk up and down the stairs to put things away. And I don't like to just drop things at the bottom of the stairs or have them just collect on the top stair. It just doesn't look very neat. But if I have a container that's intentional, I can tolerate that a lot better. And it looks nicer if people happen to come by, um, drop in. It just, that intention of having that container is really nice. So I would just recommend that you do that. If you have stairs, get a stair basket. If you have just kind of one level that you're worried about, um, maybe there's a bin that you empty out at night or, you know, in the morning after, you know, when the kids go down for a nap, whatever it is, whenever you need to empty that out. But Creating that temporary home just allows things that belong somewhere else to have kind of a vacation home. Let's look at it that way. They're just on vacation. 
and then they're going to go back home when the time's right. So, and, and the fifth one that I want to talk about today is actually really important on the heels of having a temporary home. And that is to have a habit hook to put those things away on a regular basis. Because when the temporary home stops working is when we don't have a regular time that we put it away because then it just starts to pile up out of control. And then you don't want to use it because it's hard to put things away in it. It becomes an eyesore. So that system kind of starts to break down if you don't have that regular time that you empty it. And I like to use a habit hook because that is the best way to automate that, to make that a habit with your brain, that it just becomes something you do pretty naturally. I love this conversation today. I love the way we've talked so much about the brain. I think that is one of the secret sauces of what we do in the happy gal way um, and in life organized is just leveraging the power of our brain to create habits, to work with our brain so that we can be organized without putting a lot of effort into it. Habit hooks are a great way to do that. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. There's never a poor time to talk about it. It, We can never review it too many times because it is such a great concept. Habit hook is anytime you have an existing habit, anything you do regularly, if you want to do something new, you hook that new habit into the existing habit so that your brain starts to associate those two things together. And so what happens is that first habit that you do like clockwork becomes a trigger for the new thing that you want to do. And so, for example, in this case, when you're wanting to empty out that temporary home, that kind of vacation home for your stuff that's migrated out of its place, a habit hook is going to say every night when we start putting the kids to bed, someone has the job of emptying out the stair basket or that temporary home, that container that gathers gathers things. And again, if you have a lot of stuff in there and need to do it quite frequently, maybe your habit hook is when you're cleaning up home base in the morning or when the baby goes down for a nap midday. I I know in the years when I had a lot of little kids, that's about how often I'd have to do it. And I loved it because I didn't feel like I had to be on top of the clutter all day long. I just knew I had these checkpoints where it would get taken care of so that container would get full and it would build And I already knew when it was going to get taken care of, so it wasn't even on my radar. It was just a habit, you know, walking back to put the baby down for the nap. I'd grab that little basket, go return things to their homes. Okay, so habit hooks can be a really important keystone in managing these doom piles, the clutter, by helping you be able to get those things put away in a regular time. Now, there's probably a question that you're having, and that is, what if things don't have a home? When I talk to my audience, when I ask my clients what they most want, when I do surveys, one of the top things that comes back is, I just want a place for everything and everything in its place. And oh, I get it. That is when things are humming. That's when you know you've got your organized life. Um, We're always working on it, right? But that's a really great milestone to hit. So if you feel like there's no place to put things awake because nothing really has a home, again, I want to encourage you, done's better than perfect, all right? We're we're never going to have it all together all the time. But what we are going to do is recognize that there's a general area of the home it belongs in. You know, the toy room might be a wreck, but it's a toy and you know it goes back in the toy room or back in your child's room. So why don't we make a temporary container in the toy room to hold these kind of things when you're bringing them back 
or I don't know, maybe you just want to toss it in there. But I know it's a process to get a home for everything. And, and we just have to kind of strategically start working at that. Now, outside of doom piles, again, this is a separate conversation, right? Outside of just keeping the clutter at bay and getting it back to its right space, if you do have a problem with having a home for things, check out episode 12 of this Life Organized podcast where I walk you through with my professional organizing system of how to organize a space like a pantry or a toy room or a closet or a drawer or a cabinet, somewhere where you've got to put things away. It's a beautiful process. You'll love the result. It's a really great way to create a home for things. And I I want to make sure that you know about that resource because it's really important to have that sense of belonging for your things. Okay, so again, this is a process, um, but as you're putting things away, if that becomes a problem, then what I'd recommend is that maybe you choose a Saturday or an afternoon, carve that out and work on that space that needs a home and just start chipping away at that, you know, once a month or every couple of months or once a week, however often you want to do it, creating that home for things so you can put things away. Okay. Um, So five things we've talked about today, and we're kind of building up to this family conversation I want to have for just a minute. I actually didn't think we'd really get into this on this episode, but I feel like it's a really appropriate direction to take this conversation. So hopefully it's okay. We're spending a few extra minutes on this. Um, So doom piles, clutter, number one, make quick decisions, kind of train your brain to show up and make those. Number two, touch it once, challenge yourself as you're using things to put them away right after. I know you probably have some good habits, but keep your eyes open. I bet you can even improve a little bit in that. Think about never leaving a room empty-handed. That's number three. Create a temporary home for your stuff in your main living spaces in the home base area so that it can collect. And then try using a habit hook to empty those things out during the day at strategic times so that that buildup doesn't get to be too much. All right, so... What I want to talk about when it comes to family is I know you're dealing with a lot of your family's clutter. Kids, spouse, whoever, they just don't have the same type of priority about keeping a space clean as you do. I mean, you take ownership of that. They don't. And so anything they do, honestly, it's more of a favor to you, I think, because I, I've noticed my teenagers don't really mind their messy rooms the way I do. You know, it just doesn't bother them. But then when they're in charge, it's a different story. You know, when my teenager went to her uh, college dorm for the first time, all of a sudden other people's messes bothered her and she wanted to keep her space clean. So their learning is the point. You are teaching them a standard. And it does feel a little unfair that so much of the work falls on you, I know. But what I really want to drive home here uh, is as you create a relationship with getting organized and putting things away, as you're teaching yourself these little mantras, these little tools, these little ways of creating habits, you are modeling that to your kids. And so much more is happening beneath the surface than what you even know. The biggest thing that you're doing is you are modeling an attitude that is so powerful. This is what is going to teach your children the best. Now, they may not be super neat while they live with you. 
And you know what? Their personalities are going to vary and they may go off on their own and may not ever be neat the way you want them to, but you are teaching them effectively, especially because you're teaching them the sense of confidence, empowerment, that they can do it because that's how you're learning how to feel. So many times I have clients, students, social media, people asking me, how can I get my family to contribute? And I think we'll do just a whole episode on this soon because I think this is a really important topic. The biggest thing that I want to say is you teach them the right attitude by modeling it to them, and then you're not going to have all that resistance when you ask them to help. It's not going to be this loaded issue, right? So keep chipping away at it. Keep working on your own ability to stay on top of it. And as you start to feel more confident and competent, In doing that, you can ask your family to do some of these same things. Once you have a little bit of a grip on touch at once, you have some authority to teach that to them. If they don't see you do it, if you yourself can't quite handle the topic and then you tell them to do it, that's going to be really hollow. Kids are smart. They're perceptive. They get it. They're going to know if you're speaking from a place of truth or if you're just kind of lecturing and asking them to do something that you can't even do. Okay, so when you have doom piles and it comes time to pick them up, I've given you five really good tools. We've also had kind of this bonus conversation about your family because I know it gets really emotional, really triggered because the kids, the family, they don't pick up. They don't prioritize. They'll mess up what you've done. And I hope it's given you a little bit of insight about what's really happening. Again, I think the key term here is below the surface. Beneath the surface, what are they learning? How are you teaching them how to feel about um, organizing, about picking up? Because your good attitude is going to be the most powerful example you can give them. All right. That's what we got for today when it comes to doom piles. Do you have some new things that you can try? All right. We have those five tools. Um, The other thing I want to make sure you're aware of is the Clutter Busters, the kind of the free training that I offer. It's a really fun, quick three-day program to make some great, quick progress on your clutter. It's free. Check the link in the show notes. I'll walk you through that process. You can take everything I just taught you today, and there's some other great gems inside Clutter Busters that will help you make a big difference in your doom piles that become doom boxes. It's just all clutter. Same conversation, wrapped up in different wrapping paper. Um, Anyway, I think it's going to really be a great thing for you to start working on some of this with some of these tools. I think you'll see some great results. Okay, thanks for hanging out with me today. I love it. Remember when you feel overwhelmed, frustrated, dissatisfied with life, when you're not staying on top of things, the happy gal way is your key to help you organize your life so you can make space for what matters most. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.